This is the Off Air Podcast with Rachel Schneider, a show for all the things that don't make it on air. Honest, engaging, in-depth conversations highlighting people making a difference and making waves in their community. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm so excited to share this episode. It's a special one today. Today, I talked to the Kapal Twins who host their own podcast. You may have already listened to it. It's called Let's Talk About Death. Benny and Nick Kapal grew up in a funeral home in Ida, Michigan. That is in Monroe County, where I'm from. And one of them went into the family business. Benny is a funeral professional like his father and that grandfather and his father before him. And his twin brother, Dr. Nick, is a psychologist. But they do much, much, much more than that. These are busy guys. In addition to their podcast, they also have another YouTube show called Kapal's Corner. They're in a band. They're both husbands and dads, and they grew up doing theater like me, which you can totally tell by the way they talk. They're so entertaining. Uh, As I mentioned, they're musicians, and the intro to their podcast shows that. It's amazing. Uh, As you can tell, I'm a fan of the show. I may have been one of the first listeners. They're both young and hilarious, which makes the topics that they cover all the more enjoyable to learn about. They're so fun to talk to, and they really break down why they started their podcast. Obviously, the show, Let's Talk About Death, that's what they talk about. And we covered so many different subtopics about death and stigmas around death, but mainly, they just want to get across, they just want to get the point across that it's okay to talk about death, and people should do it more. And more people have, unfortunately, had to because of this awful, heartbreaking pandemic death has been come to the forefront of many people's minds recently Um, and and COVID-19 has taken a lot of people's loved ones and uh, this is a timely episode to do like I said it's it's a special one and I want to take the time to announce that this show is dedicated to Haley Langmeyer and her family in the interview with Benny and Dr. Nick I mentioned that I grew up with Haley I performed in musical theater alongside her for the better part of probably 10 years and Haley and I regrettably were not close one-on-one but anyone who does theater or maybe played a sport with the same teammates throughout your childhood you know that there's a bond there I mean when you grow up with these people you, you grow up around people you have special moments and memories with them and at the RRCA we were all a family we are all a family and the Langmeyer family especially was very involved at the theater and my theater family in Monroe is still grieving right now. Uh, there was a beautiful memorial service for her held at the theater last week, which I, I watched online through YouTube since I couldn't be there in person because I moved recently. So I did reach out to Lori Langmeyer, Haley's mom, and ask if we could dedicate this episode to her. And she agreed, and I am so honored So if you have been affected by this pandemic in any way, or maybe you're curious or you have questions about death, Benny and Nick's podcast, Let's Talk About Death, is an awesome resource. And I hope that I can highlight the great work that they're doing and the awesome conversations that they get to have around this topic. And they've got all of their information about where you can find them at the end of this episode. I've also included their social media handles and a link to their podcast in the description of this episode if you would like to find them later on. So as their slogan goes, if you're not talking about death, you're not living. So without further introduction, let's talk about death with Benny and Dr. Nick. 
Why do you keep looking at my tie? Well, I, I, I was making sure we color matched. Well, I don't think we're color. Are we color matching? I don't know. It looks good. It's this fine. It'll fine. work. I know. And you guys are just so fancy. And I'm a news reporter five days a week. And I have to be like full dressed up makeup and everything. So for this stuff, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to do that. This is great. And then I see you come on here with like ties and button up shirt. I'm thinking, oh. Uh, well, well, we didn't oh, we didn't know we didn't know if you were gonna actually put the video up or yeah audio we we didn't know so I mean I mean I'm just I'm wearing jeans yeah and, we're in shorts let's got, just be real I about got this. slippers with dad life on yeah. them so we're we're doing pretty good I'm here. cracking it man that's real Ooh, dad life that's man. real dad life Heck yeah. we're we're in Zoom fashion right you just okay. like business on the top party on the bottom that's it well I'm ch- I'm chugging a beer behind the scenes so, so hopefully that doesn't. <laughs> You know, hey, listen, I'm going to I'm going to chug this beer and then I'm ready to rock if you're ready to rock. Oh, yeah. No, I'm we're, we're already rocking. This is great. Oh, gosh. Oh, this, this is going to be <laughs> perfect. So, so I'll just I'll just start. I'll give you guys a little. Um, I was talking to Kelly about this, you know, when I first reach out through your Instagram and then talk to her to set this up. But, uh, you know, I've been a news reporter the past two years. I'm from Michigan and got my start there and worked in Toledo. And then got another job because we work on two-year contracts. And then I actually moved to Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, So I'm still in the broadcasting world, but I'm starting this podcast and I'm going to call it Off Air with Rachel Schneider. Because when you do... Schneider. Yes. Schneider. 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 Like the pretzels, right? (laughs) Isn't that Schneider? Those are Schneider. It's a little different. So the S-C-H, you have to put like the extra German, like the sh. The sh. Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. have phlegm in your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Like hock it up. And then that's how you say my last name. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. But when I do TV interviews, see, we don't get to do stuff like this. It's all very, very short, very, very quick. Like you don't really get end, get it, get it's into not intimate. the fleshy it's, stuff. No, it's not intimate. No. You know, you don't get into the flesh. We don't get to see the queen shirt. That's no. really Bohemian Rhapsody. You know what I mean? Like, let's yeah, rock. I know. No, this was in Detroit. It makes me so sad because I saw them at the palace with Adam Lambert uh, years mm. ago. Mm-hmm. And the palace is not a thing anymore. No, no. It's so crazy. Did you see the pictures of the palace? Like the inside now that's tore up and stuff. It's so weird. It makes me so sad because that's Ghost like town. half my childhood memories seeing Disney on ice and stuff at the palace. And that was oh, not a thing. Well, oh, well, it wasn't it was a nice stadium. It really was, you know, yeah. I, so many. Uh, we, we, we didn't we see Billy Joel there. We might have. Well, we seen Billy Joel there like right like the year before. So yeah. it's just it's crazy. Yeah, no, William. It's, just like how much those things have changed around there. But that's the thing too, is moving to this new city in, in Roanoke, you get to see, like, I have all these people who have lived here their whole lives telling me, giving me directions saying, oh yeah, you go by this. It's by the old Wells Fargo building here. And this is by that old stadium. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. No, totally. <laughs> well, yeah, Wells um, Fargo. Can you give me an address and I'm going to put it in my phone anyway, but thank you for telling me to go Southwest on that street past the old stadium. Cause that's yeah. so helpful. When you see the pig down there at the corner, you're going to make a sweep left there. You're going to have to do yeah. that old Ohio turn there. Then oh, we got that Southern slur going on here. A little bit. It's not as much we, as I would have thought. Like everybody right. says, this is the South. It really doesn't feel like the South. No. Do they, do they make fun of your accent all the time? Yeah. I've never, what are the things, 
what do we say that for them they like that you notice that they they bring up other than i hear we talk slow which doesn't make any sense to me so because I it's, it's not opposite. that we it's not that we talk slow but i've gotten multiple times that we accentuate our vowels too much so like we drag out like the vowel sounds mm-hmm. and things like i said water the other day and somebody was like what did you say because they said it Lady? like they said it like water i was like water you're gonna get that wash in there, that water. Get, get, go down there to that water club. Yeah, I don't. you incinerated it though. <laughs> well, I was. I I'm a little bit of both. You my my dad. It. My dad was born there, but my mom was born in the, the UP. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> so it's a little bit of both. Your dad was I'll, born where? It was. Uh, you know, I, th- this is all part of the character. That's not really. My dad was born. Born in, actually, my dad was born in Italy. True story. Oh, really? Yeah, but, he's a he's he's an army brat. He was oh, born okay. on a base um, in Italy. So it's really cool because he's got two birth certificates. He's oh, an nice. Italian c- citizen and an American, which is really kind of cool. But well, anywho. Yeah. And then your your dad, aren't you aren't you like a second generation? So um, I am. So I am actually a fourth, uh, fourth generation. So my dad, his dad and his dad, his. So my great grandfather started the business with his brother and his brother died at a very young age. He got in a horrible car accident and died. True story for a funeral director. So his brother took over um, and we've been in uh, Ida, Michigan for 85 years plus now. So, um, so it was great. It was great grandpa, then grandpa, then dad, then me. So there's four of us, um, four, four generation funeral directors here in Ida, Michigan. So yeah, that it is. So then I guess I have to ask then, did you guys, is this like a my girl thing? Like, did you grow up in the funeral home? Absolutely. I'll even go further with the my girl thing. First of all, I think if anybody, I'm, I'm close to Dan Aykroyd. I think that was, who, that was who really doesn't cool. like Dan Aykroyd. So it's cool vodka. It's very it's really cool. Um, my, my wife who I married bef- way before she met me, um, loved, that was her favorite movie. And she always wanted to name her daughter Veda if she ever had a daughter. So later in life, she married a funeral director and our first daughter uh, is named Veda. And my son is named Roman, which Dan Aykroyd plays in another movie, The Great Outdoors. So basically, my life is a Dan Aykroyd script. Obviously. Oh, my God. But yeah, no, actually, true story. We brought up my girl. I don't know if you heard that episode, but we brought it up because it was one of the only times that we thought uh, a funeral director was well represented in a movie. Really? Really? Yeah, there's a scene where he's embalming with like another associate of his, and they're talking about that person because she was in the community. And, and when you see funeral directors in movies, they're always very stiff. They're very like, would you like the gold, the gold package for your mother? And they have the creepy long arms and the, they've never cut their fingernails in their life, you know? So they're never really humanized. And so in that movie, like they're like, remember my girl, she's like playing in the, in the, in the, like the, the, the rooms and grandma's rocking in the corner and he's playing a tuba in the middle of the funeral home. Like that's like real, like this is our yeah. life. We were born and raised next to a funeral funeral home, but the funeral home is part of our home. When there were, when there was nothing going on, Nick and I would play Nerf guns down in, in the chapels and get in trouble and, and run around the casket room and get in trouble. You know, it, it, this was our life. This is what we were. So we seen a lot of families, you know, they would come and park and Nick and I would be playing outside and have to run in because we were, you know, messing up their ra- visitation arrangement or whatnot. Um, but we were always surrounded by death. Um, and as we grew up, because we were lucky enough to be the sons of uh, a funeral director who was also a son of a funeral director and a son of a funeral director, we were taught 
how to deal with death and what death is really true, truly about and what the funeral profession actually does and why it's important. And so that's another reason why our, I think our podcast really stands out because you're not only getting just what you know, you're taught to think a funeral professional, you're actually getting the inside scoop of someone who is born, raised and breathed, breathe, bro, then bro, brothen, breathe, brothen, because I can't uh, pronounce the uh, O's for you, brothen in the uh, funeral and death uh, profession. So I, I think that kind of covered, does that cover your question? Well, what's another fascinating thing I think we need to add here too, is that Ben and I both went for opposite things when we started college. Ben actually went for psychology and I actually went for funeral directing and about two years in, we both decided to switch. Um, I went the longest you possibly could. I, I just didn't like school. I was never a school guy and I ended up getting a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I actually wanted so, to be the psychologist. You wanted to be the funeral director. And I at first didn't like the the 24-7 game, which is it's a very hard sell when you're working 365, 24-7. Well, it, we had a we had an at-home mom, but you know, our mom took care of us ever bless her heart, four boys and two twin boys at the end. Um, and we would see my mom have to deal with my dad having to go out on Christmas or Christmas Eve, um, and go pick up a body and stuff. And that really, you know, shunned how we looked at marriage, right? Because we didn't want to ever put our wives in that predicament. So I think Ben went into school thinking I'm going to go the psychology route because it's usually like a nine to five, which really it isn't, but it's 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 the belief right but it's a lot less than what ben has to deal with and then we switched we flip-flopped i ended up going and getting my degree in clinical psychology and specializing grief and loss because one of the things that ben and i also realized when we were growing up was the importance of aftercare there's not a lot of aftercare out there for people that are grieving um not saying that it doesn't exist it does but it's so so what's aftercare so aftercare is, so Ben will talk about dealing with the family, right? The, the sure. death happens, right? but the death, Ben will say this better than I can, but I'll try to do it as best as I can. The <laughs> death happens. Um, they have to come see the funeral director. They have to plan what's going on. They have to plan how the funeral is going to look or the visitation. If they're going to have one to direct cremation, are they going to have uh, what's the cremation memorial service? Memorial service. Mm -hmm. um, and then all that stuff, right? So then the funeral's done. The, the right. memorial service is done. They're in the ground or they're, you know, the urn gets sent home with the family. Then what? Right? Because mm -hmm. that's the thing. Like for the first couple months, you have friends and family that are, are calling you every day and saying, hey, are you doing okay? There's a lot of casseroles being sent. There's a lot of cards being sent. There's a lot of phone calls. And then it stops. And then life in the United, in the United States, at least in our experience is, is that you got to move on, like get over it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we're in a society that really, you know, really wants people to move on. And the reality is, is that grief and loss, people will ask me all the time, like, how long am I going to grieve? And the reality is, is how long is that person going to be dead for? If that person is going to be dead for the rest of your life, then you're going to be grieving the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's the tough part. Right. And again, funeral directors are put in a really rough position because they're dealing with families day in, day out that are actually going through death. Like we just lost grandma. We just lost mom. We just lost uh, our daughter. We just lost that. They unfortunately don't have the time to call these families up six months later. 
you know, a year later, two years later, three yeah. years later, four years later. So then what's in place for these people? Because then the problem becomes they come into my office and say, am I crazy? It's been three years and I'm still grieving for Jim. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, you're not crazy. Grief like is human. not. <laughs> yeah, you're human. Right. But 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 th that's not how society sees death. Right. Mm -hmm. Society sees that it, it is amazing. You can even ask Ben this. This is a reality. You have to sign a permission slip to go to a funeral for your job. That's ridiculous. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So going on to a little bit more of this aftercare, the aftercare is just basically what kind of care do we give families after the death occurs, right? Mm -hmm. And some families and the, the, the big problem comes up, some families don't want any help. They don't want you to do that. They don't want to be a burden. They don't, they, they want to go through this themselves. Right. But the, the, but the biggest problem is this. So there's a, there's a good plan for prior to death. You know, you got hospice nurses, you got palliative care, you have death doulas on the rise, which I think is incredible That's if you haven't awesome looked thing. into that. Um, but you have these things set up for these families to deal with, as they call it, the transition period from living to death, right? Then death occurs, we get the call, we go on the call, we pick up the loved one, and then we meet the family and kind of deal with the rest of the particulates later. We do the, you know, if, if it's a traditional, you do the visitation, you do the funeral, you do the burial. Mm -hmm. or you do the cremation afterwards, but then, you know, we're, we're dealing with more cases, right? We're not just, we're not just dealing with that case. So especially in a small town, like dad and I are dealing with, we're dealing with the, uh, close to a hundred families a year. So a funeral, usually a traditional funeral usually takes about three to five days if you think about it. So if you add times hundred to three to five days, you're talking the whole year, basically. So what happens is we, we have to keep going because we got to help the, the new family coming up to the death that occurs. So what happens is what you're never going to go out of business. I mean, well that, well that, but there's, but there's also, uh, but, but a lot of people think funeral directors are uh, scam artists and they're just taking advantage of people during the worst time in their life. Can I, can I take over right here? Well, I just want to say, I can tell you from my personal experience from being a son of a funeral director that I know how much care and thought goes into what my father has done and his father has done. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying every funeral director is the same, just like every cop isn't the same or every oh, totally. doctor isn't the same. But I'm just saying that most funeral directors care. That's why they get into it. So go ahead, Dr. Nick. No, something. so I wrote my dissertation on what is the experience of being a funeral director. So that's what I wrote. That's how I got my doctorate. Um, and the, the one thing that I, I really want to em emphasize, 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 wait, I'm trying not to do the A. Say it em like a Midwesterner. Emphasize. Emphasize. Mm -hmm. I got to emphasize this. Um, emphasize is, is that. So you think about a wedding, right? You have a wedding planner. You, you, you pay a lot of money for this wedding planner, which is outrageous, but it's the reality, right? Right. And for they some have, people, that's good. And luck. they have, yeah, they have, they have a year to set this up. More, sometimes more. Funeral directors oh. have three, three days. Oh my gosh. You're you so know what I mean? right. You're so, so right. So, so this is the reality when people, the biggest problem I have, what I've come to see is that we have lost value in what a funeral is, right? And, and how important it is because of how we want to just move on. We don't want to talk about death, but definitely we don't want to sit and suffer from it. Right? Well, Dr. Nick, so I, I love how you've said in past episodes, how funerals are not for the person who is passed. It's for the yeah. living. I've Absolutely. never looked at it that way before, because I feel like that's, you always think you're going to, you know, 
Jeff's funeral. So it's, it's for, you have to show your respect for that person, but you're saying it's, it's for the people who are still here. You're showing respect to the survivors, not only to Jeff, because Jeff lived a good life. He he did a lot of great things. We're all memorizing him, right? To Jeff, Jeff. to To Jeff, Jeff. whoever Jeff we're talking about. But, but, but the reality is, is that what I think people lose track of is, is that the people that are really needing people at that moment in time is the family and friends, the people that really cared about Jeff, because they have to go home and now reconstruct their life without Jeff. That chair's empty. That bed's empty. You know, we that talk always empty. We, I talk about widows and widowers a lot because the reality is there's a lot of like they've been married for 50 years and then Jeff is dead. Right. And the reality is, is that widower or widow, depending male, female, mm-hmm. um, the reality is, is that that person's life is done because what they planned on what, you know, to take care of Jeff, to love Jeff, to do all this stuff is now gone. Mm-hmm. So they have to reconstruct and, and make new meaning of their life. So to ask them to do that in three days is, excuse my French, but it's, effing ridiculous it's bonkers it's bonkers right but that's where we're at in society is that you get maybe three days to grief and like dr nick was saying and you have to get in a lot of jobs a uh, permission slip to be there right you have to prove that you were at your own aunt grandma's there's a cat in the background of your shot i do Um, yeah that's that's, (laughs) that's, that's princess jasmine uh, Princess Jasmine. Yeah, Heck yeah, big, that's yeah, I was Aladdin. A, a, Aladdin fan. Yeah. Heck I, yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, well, she's, wait, wait, uh, she's 16 years old. Um, I got her. her when I was in third grade and obviously was a big Aladdin fan at the time. So who oh, is it? I mean, who wasn't Jafar, right? Prince Ali, you know, so no, it, honestly, it, it, it's sad because if you think about it, it's so important. Like the, the, the we, we, this is what we're saying. Nick, going, <laughs> so what we're saying, Dr. Nick was saying was we little girls, right? They plan their weddings from the day they're born, right? They, they, oh my they God, plan yes. the dress they're going to wear, the ring that's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. What their hair is going to look but like. Nobody plans their death, which no offense is guaranteed. It's not guaranteed you're going to have your wedding, but it's guaranteed you're going to die, right? That's true. Well, it's <laughs> the bing, truth. Bing, boom. And the truth Nailed does it. hurts. And if that slipper fits, you got to wear it. You know what I mean? But, oh uh, you know, I didn't know if you knew Dr. Nick and I are also professional matchmakers. We so are if love you need, makers. Uh, we don't even say matchmakers. We say love, makers. love, love and makers. I actually set his. I feel like up. you, oh, you, real you set him up with his wife. Yep. And you I, didn't do it for me. Yes, but... I did. No, you didn't. Who knows? Who knows? Because Who cares? Did Did you meet her, Doctor Nick? And she was like, you know what? My girl is my favorite movie. And he was like, boy, do I have? Actually, I had no idea that she liked my girl. Aww, um, my you know, girl. actually, I had no idea about that. Talking about um, my, my girl. My girl. Was that song in your wedding? No, no. no. My, fa- my, my, my wedding song was uh, The Luckiest by Ben Folds. I think it's the greatest song I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. And then my second one was I'll Catch You by The Get Up Kids. So those were the two, <laughs> the two big kids. But, any, but anywho's, yeah. So death is, it's, it's, it's always, it's, it's interesting because what I find in my profession is it's the last thing you want to talk about, but it's so important if you do. Like the families that actually do talk to their kids about this is what I want and how I want it. Or they go into the mm-hmm. funeral home and they actually set up a pre-need or whatnot. And they have everything set up. Those kids come in and they look at me and you could just say relief on their face because they don't have to make those decisions, right? They already know what mom and dad wanted. But for so many, they don't. 
or, you know, the ad will say to one kid, I want to be cremated and the other kid, I want to be buried. So where mm-hmm. does this now there's this internal struggle that they have to deal with on top of they only have three days to do it. So basically, yeah, they don't they, like Dr. Nick was saying, you have usually the death occurs and within three to five days, you're having the funeral, right? That's boom, boom, bang, bing, bang, bang. And then all of a sudden the, you know, the caskets in the ground in the vault and now I'm home and everybody's gone, right? Everybody has to go back to their lives. That's the mm-hmm. other, the other thing too. We have to live. Um, not saying that our loved ones wouldn't want us to go back to our lives. Absolutely they do. But that's the problem, right? So people always ask me, what's, what can I do for this family? And my answer to them is this, don't just call them or come up to them and say, call me if you need me, because A, they're never going to call you. They're never going to call. Yeah. What I suggest you do is go to them six months to a year down the line when it's the next birthday, the next anniversary, Father's Day, Mother's Day. That's when you go and make a random stop in because that's when people stop going, right? The the cake, like Dr. Nick was saying, the cake stop, the cake. Would you stop with the cake? Casserole stop Nobody brings cakes The presents, (laughs) the the phone calls, and then all of a sudden, yeah, because that when that- Happy birthday, your dad. (laughs) Like nobody brings cake. (laughs) Nobody brings cake. But here's, Rachel, here's the actual caveat of that comment in the comment is this when those stop coming, that's when a lot of people's grief first starts because they've been distracted by other people. They've been distracted by the funeral. They were distracted by all the paperwork and the legal stuff, right? Getting the car changed over the house changed over. Now when everything's quiet, it's, Oh, now I'm under the realization that this is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. So that, so this yet again, this podcast was started. And the reason why Dr. Nick and I try to educate because the more we can educate on death, the less scary it becomes, the less bite death the Grim Reaper actually has, because we've already talked about this. We've confronted this, right? Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, we also talk about like people who are going through, right? They just found out they have stage four cancer, right? And they don't want to talk to their loved ones about death, but, but their, and their loved ones don't want to talk to them about death to bring up the reality of the situation. But Everybody just really wants to talk about it, but they don't know how to. So if we start educating our, and it starts with our children, and that was another big push that I want to do. And we should start educating young kids in school on death education, right? We have sex education, mm-hmm. but we don't have death education. We have no. And So that, what exactly would we tell them there in a, like a death education class? Like death is going to happen and we should uh, celebrate the life of the person, right? We should honor them. We, we shouldn't be scared of it. We should, we should, uh, we should be ready for it. Right. Because mm-hmm. if we can start fixing those problem solving skills, because grief isn't just about the death, right? Grief is about death of a friendship, death of a job, je- death of a environment, death of a, a marriage, divorce. Right. So if we can learn these coping skills on any grief, we can also apply them to other things. So it's not just specifically about how do I deal when grandpa dies or how do I deal mm-hmm. when, when, when all this happens? Because for some people they're 1920 before they deal with. An, a well, I also, loss. I also think education kids, it, it, you know, it's, it's about letting them know what to expect. You know, you're going to see grandpa, grandpa is going to be room temperature. So for you, that's going to feel cold. Right. Um, that's one thing that I always thought was beautiful that my dad has done for years is pulls a, pulls the kids aside and just explains to them the biology of what's going on. Oh, you know, really? Like at funerals when the, grandpa, when the grandkids has... show up? I was sorry. Yeah. I completely yeah. cut that off. But so, so can you talk about then? Uh, I, and I guess you both can jump in on this, but with the funeral like that, when he has that conversation with kids, uh, 
is it, you said that's something he's always done and the parents just kind of, you know, yeah. So usually there's what they call a family hour. Usually mm-hmm. when the, the, the family comes in and they usually bring the grandkids and the great grandkids. Right. So dad and I will stop them after they do their initial view. Right. The, the kids don't know what to do. They don't know how to feel. What we do is we ask permission. We say, do you mind if we talk to the children? And everybody's like, absolutely. Because let's be honest, most parents want to hear what we say because they don't know how to talk to their kids. So what we do, like Dr. Nick was saying, is we'll say certain things like, first of all, you can touch grandma or grandpa. Grandpa's going to feel room temperature. That's because we put in a medicine, right? Kids are concrete. You don't have to go into embalming, right? That would scare them. But if you go into, we put a medicine inside them and that's to keep you from getting a cold because that's the only thing at this point they can give you. Kids are very concrete. Another thing we say is there are feet in the casket because if you don't, some kids really think, where did the feet go? You know, no, it's, did, it's true. You know, go? we They're, laugh about this, but it, it's, it's, it's true. Concrete. So another thing is we talk about the casket, right? Like a box. And we represent that by saying on your birthday or Christmas, what do you usually get? And, you know, like you know, make it a fun game where the kids are like, oh, we usually get presents. And what do the presents come in? Boxes. Uh-huh. Grandpa's in a box because he is a present to us. These are certain things that their minds can understand, they can grasp. And then we right. tell them we're, again, most cemeteries require you to be in a vault. So we say we're putting, put grandpa in another box at the grave to keep him protected. And then the fancier the box, usually fancier the gift. And then I bring up to any of the young girls, because we just talked about this, that they plan their weddings from day one. I say someday, if you're truly lucky, the love of your life is going to get down on one knee and if they don't have that box, you say, and you know, all the parents are laughing because they yell, you, you, they yell, no, right? You don't, <laughs> you don't say yes to getting married unless there's that box with the ring. So it's like, it's like bringing this whole into a good, bring death into a lightning, uh, a good way to um, bring a positive spin on death. So another big thing that a family did years ago that dad and I always tell families are, I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral where they have those pillows in the casket, Rachel. Yes. They're like little and they'll say mm-hmm. grandpa or papa or whatever. One family took it home and Dan and I were like, oh, can I ask why? Because most people will leave them in the casket. And this family said, yeah, we've been doing as a tradition now that the next time somebody gets married in the family, we use it as the ring pillow because it brings a positive spin on the death of grandma and it brings grandma or grandpa to the foreground at this wedding. So yet again, that's something old, something blue, something there's your, there's your something old or there's, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I thought that was so cool because that is what we need to do, right? We need to make, because funerals are supposed to be a celebration. And I -hmm. think that's, what's getting lost and it's needed. Some people don't need to see somebody in a casket. There are other people that do need to actually witness it. So there's a lot of times in direct situations which I have no problem direct cremation. If that's what your family wants or burial, that's what you need to do. But what mm-hmm. happens is you get a grandkid that calls and says, is there any way I can see grandma? And then by that time it's already done. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that person is, you can just tell it's devastated. And then sadly we'll be going to see somebody like Dr. Nick because they never had that opportunity to say goodbye. I'm sorry, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that well, brings nothing, us. Yeah. Dr. Nick. One, one last thing I, w- I want to throw in there. One thing also that that's important for parents or anybody to to know about kids is that kids grieve in their own ways. They're not depending on their age, it, their brain is still developing. So right away, they may not have questions, but a year later, they might ask you, like, where's grandpa? Like you said, 
you know, grandpa, grand, never tell kids that grandpa is sleeping. That is not a good thing because then they think every time they fall asleep, they're going to die. So do not tell people that someone that died is sleeping because there is some kids that really literally take that to heart and think that every time they fall asleep, they might die. So please, if I can get anybody to listen to this, do not tell kids that. Big PSA there. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. ki- kids, like like we were saying, kids are very concrete. If um, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, and if they really want to know something, they're going to ask. And my, my honest opinion, opinion is just be honest with them. You don't have to, like I said, you don't have to go into it. Another one is cremation, right? A lot of kids ask, you know, they, 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 they knew grandpa, they grandpa threw him up on his lap. He played with them. And then now they go to the house and he's in an urn, right? Well, to them, that doesn't make any sense. How did grandpa get into an urn, right? That doesn't, there's a mm-hmm. big size difference, right? So what my dad said, and I thought it was beautiful, was bring up yet again a positive outlook. Do you remember when's the last time you went to a campfire? And they're like, oh, you know, just recently. And we said, how do you set up a campfire? And they say, oh, you bring twigs and sticks and you make them really big, right? It's huge. Because you have a good fire. What happens to those twigs when you burn them? And they're like, oh, it becomes ashes. And that's what we described. That's what happened to grandpa. And then their minds can figure that out. Right, you but you put the spin in. on it—the positive spin. It's a positive. Was, it was oh, a campfire. It was a like, campfire. We're having a good time. Fun. You're with family and friends, and it's you know, Kumbaya, so you bring it in that way. Lord, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, I never. I mean, obviously, I did not have that experience growing up in a funeral home. So these are just things that me as a layperson, I don't think about have never talked about before. And that was made it all the more interesting with your podcast, especially with so many people, I think experiencing death this year, you know, with the pandemic. And then, uh, one of you had said before, like some people don't need to see their family member, their loved one in a casket, but others do in a situation like we've had this past year where many people maybe didn't get to see their loved one. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a huge mental need, mental help need here in the next couple of years, because so many of us and rightfully so did not get the opportunity to experience the funeral any way that we were used to or needed to at the time. Uh, And that's just that's it's a pandemic. That's there's no there's no ifs, ands or buts about it there. You know, for a while we were under strict rules where you can only have 10 in the funeral home. You had to be socially distanced. Um, then it was 25, then it was 50, you know, but at the same time, there was a lot of families that only could have 10, or there was a lot mm-hmm. of private funerals at graveside or, or in the funeral home themselves. And that's tough too, because if you were number 11, I apologize out there. <laughs> Sorry, Frank, just didn't make the list. You, you're, you're on the B squad, you know, you may, you were number 11, but that's, that we was- have to use humor in a situation like this, because the reality is it sucks. There's yeah. no, there's no win here. There's no win for the funeral director. There's no win for the families. There's no win for anybody. Um, and the reality is, is that this hopefully will bring again, the idea of value back to the funeral, which I think has been lost. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people think funeral directors are crooks is because they have lost value in the whole process of grieving you know and and the whole process of a funeral and how important it is so hopefully ben and i can educate people on the importance of that yeah no i think you have i mean i've barely had to ask a question here and i feel like we've covered so many different things and stigmas that people may already have around death and as far as 
people dealing with it, you know, like I said, just in the past year or two, um, you know, I had a friend from childhood. She was only 22 years old. She recently passed last week from COVID-19. And no, just I'm so to sorry see, to hear that. Sorry. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, and, and, but it was, it, it's been so weird to see that come into my life because when you're in your twenties, you don't think about your peers dying suddenly or from disease or I, it just like, you know, I, I feel like you're almost in this happy mindset where it's like, Oh, people don't die until they're old. And that just like, doesn't happen. But then of course, as a reporter too, I go to a lot of car accidents and, you know, shootings, other things, unexpected things that happen. But at the same time, I mean, Dr. Nick, do you have any advice without like giving away your, uh, giving away a free appointment about like what people can do if they, if they're experiencing a death of like a peer or somebody young? Cause I think a lot of people may be in that boat this year. So if you don't mind me asking, we don't have to go into deep things, but what was, um, this friend's first name? Her name was Haley. I'm so sorry for your loss. And, you know, to Haley's family out there who knows who we're talking about, um, I'm so sorry for your loss. I, I think the reality is, is that as Ben and I have kind of talked about, the Grim Reaper is around. He's never not around. We don't know when we're going to die, right? Death anxiety is real. It happens. We don't know when our time is going to be called, and that is terrifying. So let's normalize that experience right now. Not to mention, we're dealing with a pandemic that is killing young people. Although people, some people out there don't believe it exists, please, if you don't think it is, exists, go talk to a nurse because they will tell you that it is real and that we are losing young people. Now, with the flip side of that, how do you cope with someone like that? How do, how do we deal with that? First of all, no parent should ever see their child die. I'm going to guess their parents or her parents are still alive. I'm guessing yes. this is a woman. I'm sorry. Let me, let me focus on that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, no parent should ever have to deal with that. And to lose a child is from my experience, dealing with people is a, it's a life it's it, 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 it's when, it when a parent loses a child it, it's ingrained in us as nick dr nick and i are both parents so we can we can say this it's ingrained in us that we are their protectors so our job is to protect them physically mentally so when we lose a child we feel like we lost we feel like we have um not been a good parent whether we know or not like cancer you can't you can't help cancer you can't help a pandemic from 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 happening but it doesn't matter as a parent, we're ingrained to think that we are in charge of them. And, mm-hmm. and so when we lose a child, we lose part of ourselves because whether we know it or not, right, it's a subconscious thing that we failed as a parent. So, so let's go deeper with this. When any time a death occurs, there is always grief. Um, and with grief, there is shame and guilt. We always feel like we should have. Let's talk about suicide, right? That's that's the topic that nobody really talks about. And that is actually skyrocketing right now during the pandemic because these people are already isolated and now we're telling them they have to stay home. So what do you think is going to happen? Let's be real here. And and the reality is, is that with guilt and shame, um, we, we got to confront that. 
because we had no control over this pandemic. We had no control over it's, it's easy to say, you know, hindsight is 2020, right? It's easy to say if we would have known, we would have ne- never let, you know, our daughter leave the house. We would have never let, you know, with this pandemic or with suicide, I would have never left that gun there, you know? But the reality is we do our best with what we know, what we know at the time. But we'd never give ourselves credit for that. We always judge ourselves in that we should have known. We should have known that this sickness was going to take her. So I should have. Sh- I always say this: stop shooting on yourself, right? Because that's the reality. It's so easy to try to go back in time and think of all the things that we did wrong. What I tried to tell mom did right, because if you can go to there. The reality is, is that person who passed away probably doesn't want to see you angry or sad. They don't want to see you judging yourself, right? If they were alive today and you were sitting there going, oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. What do you think they're going to say back to you? Like, no, you're fine. (laughs) It, It happened. It's done with. Move on, right? We always have a hard time, especially with ourselves, judging ourselves. <clears throat> sorry right but the reality is is that that's what we do as humans we judge ourselves so stop <laughs> stop shooting all over yourself oh man no i think you said those are great points yeah i think you've said reality like a bazillion times today but like, that, is the, two, that is the reality of the reality that is your like that's like your catchphrase apparently today um yeah no i yeah first first and foremost just like dr nick i'm sorry for your loss and i'm sorry for every parent brother sister child that lost their parents or etc to this horrible pandemic but we're not we're not disregarding your experience we're sorry for your grief too. yeah absolutely rachel yeah oh absolutely. well thank you thanks yeah and and but i i you know another thing too is sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything the -hmm. best thing to do is be there and listen say i don't know how you're feeling i don't know why this is happening Mm -hmm. but i'm here and how is this experience with you like how are you dealing with this experience for most people that's amazing because everybody else is i'm sorry for your loss they're in heaven everything you know um they're not in pain anymore. Cetera, we want to, we want to separate ourselves from the reality that that person died. And the one thing that Ben and I are desperately trying to do is let's not shun away from death. It is what it is. It's a part mm-hmm. of life and we have to be okay with it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that this is some Ben and I have, have a lifetime around death. So yeah. we have a different experience. Don't get me wrong. But the reality is, is that we need to talk about this. It needs to be addressed. We don't need to hide from it. The more and more we hide from it, the harder it's going to be to grieve. That's the reality. Well, and growing up with this stuff, have you seen any generational differences in in how people deal with death versus, you know, I I don't know if your father can. Wait, wait, uh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to pause you for a second. I'm going to pause you for a second because we missed what you started off saying. Okay, sorry. I was asking because you've grown up with this and it's been in your family for so long at, at the funeral home. Are, are there any like generational differences in how we've dealt with death now that we have so much updated technology at all? Or I, I mean, is this death has always been around, but with the environment changing, you know, the future and everything, do people still kind of have these same issues and dealing with it because they still don't talk about it or what changes have you seen? 
So the big changes I've seen in the funeral profession from even my dad's generation to my generation is, excuse me, Dr. Nick. The biggest thing I've, I've noticed is people are straying away from the traditional church, right? Okay. When I, when I, when I was a kid and even when I was a little bit younger, you, you, every funeral was almost the same, right? You'd have one day in the visitation to two days, two days in the funeral home visitation, and you would take the, the, the individual to their church, whether that was a Catholic church, Protestant church, Lutheran, you know, whatever, whatever church they, they were comfortable with. Then you had the funeral and you did the burial. It was very traditional. It was very, people spent their lives in the church, right? Sunday, you went to church. That's what you did. You know, most of the businesses were closed. Um, you went to church. That's what you did. So one of the big things that our generation um, and even our parents' generation a little bit have changed is we don't go to church. So if there's no, if they don't have a church or they don't have a pastor that they normally go to, mm -hmm. it's more of a spiritual funeral than it is a faith-driven funeral. Does that mean? So a lot of the the, the new um, things that are happening in the funeral um, service or profession are because of we're going from a faith church driven funeral to now a spiritual right now, anybody and any, and, and it, yet again, this is not a wrong, right thing. I'm just telling you the truth of the matter. Anybody yeah. or anybody can become a minister now. Right. So you can have a, a Star Trek funeral or you can have um, no pastor or long and no pastor or cleric at all uh, coming up and doing a uh, rock rock and roll guitar solo for the end or wh however you want to memorialize this person right it's more about the person now than it is about the faith they belong to does that does that make sense okay yeah, i'm gonna go deeper does. yeah i'm gonna go deeper with you go so here's here, here's the changes right um first of all we've become we, we started out as a, a community-based um, to an individualized base, meaning that back in the day, back in the old he hey, Hoo -ha, uh, he's he all, he's all. Uh, back in the D he hey, the D, um, back in the D, the D, the D, 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 D it's cold in the D. Um, back in the day, we used to have our, you know, if our grandparents got sick, they would die at home, and you would have the service at home. So Wait. kids were in were involved in the funeral. So you that's were, really back in the day, but, but, but I'm saying, but right. that's the reality, yeah. right? I mean, let's, let's talk about how generations this has changed. Yeah. Now it's like when someone dies, it's like, okay, get them as quickly out of wherever we, when they're dying. Right. I hate saying this, but the reality is we're, we're shipping all these old people off to retirement homes or nursing, or homes. nursing homes or um, hospice homes. Right? right. And the reality is, is that we're not seeing death like we used to. So our experience around death is, is even more, pushed away not to mention that we've changed from a religious based society to a spiritually based society i think that a lot of us have spirituality but a lot of us would agree we're not religious right um i think those two mixed in together has made this really weird i don't even know i don't mean to say weird because it's not weird it's just it's different mm -hmm. this different way of of visualizing what death should be um and I, again, I think it's so important to make a funeral individualized for the family that's suffering. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But there's so many other people besides the family that are affected by this person's death. And I think that gets lost. This is, you know, 
he worked at Ford for 50 years. You can't tell me that there's not at least 15 to 20 people that are grieving his death. Like, oh my gosh, Jim, you know, I used to see him every day for 12 hours a day, but yet they may or may not find out that the funeral is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so so again, it, it's tricky because in this um, very uh, separated society, because, you know, we're zooming right now. Yeah. You know, when we, we used to be sitting across the table from each other, you know, screaming at each other, spitting on each other, spitting, <laughs> mostly spitting. Right. I mean, if you're if, if you're ever around theater people, right, they will say if oh, you yeah. go to if you sit in the first row, you're going to get the spit yeah, right when they're able. singing and musicals and project they're Projection. projecting oh, yeah. they're no, spitting right I, I was a theater kid let me tell you like the river raisin center in monroe heck yeah, yeah. heck yeah we did, we did plenty of musicals. rocky horror picture show for a really long time me too yeah so had a bot had a blast um but can i tell you it's it's so it's like almost heartwarming that that you brought that up and mentioned that because uh the reason that i met haley was through theater and mm. they actually held her memorial service at the river raisin center. That's awesome. That's last incredible. Weekend. So you, so you must've been a couple years after Ben and I, <laughs> did you, did you, yeah. were you in Rocky? I was in it. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to think of the year it was because I know they didn't do it for a couple of years because they wanted yep. to try some other shows. And then when they brought it back, my voice teacher and director of many of the shows I was in, Tracy Glover. Tracy Glover. Yeah. Yep. She was like, you have to be in Rocky. You've never been in Rocky before. I want you to be in this show. I was like, okay. And so I did it and it was so fun. And then they didn't do it the next year again. I think it was, you know, a, a lot of the times it has to do with ticket sales and what shows are selling oh, yeah. there. Oh, absolutely. But absolutely. it was well, a we blast. Were in, we were in the original. We cast. were in the original. Cast. In fact, our brother, Chris, and his wife, Alora at the time, were the ones that originated the Rocky Horror. Bringing and Rocky and Horror cool. picture show to the Rocky. So anyways, uh, River yeah. Yeah. fellow, fellow uh, uh, thespians, thespians here. Uh, I so. know. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So uh, death is just it, 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 now, now more than ever, we need to talk about death because like, like we were saying with the pandemic and things opening up now, we really need, I think if anything we've learned is we really need to talk about death because we don't talk about it enough. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully our podcast gets out to like Dr. Nick and I were saying, if we could help one or two people get through grief, um, we're, we're doing what we, what we signed up to do. So and anybody listening to this, like, just realize there's help out there. There is things that you can people you can reach out to about grief and loss who actually are weird, like Benny and I, who actually want to talk about this with you. So please reach out to your local funeral director. They love to sit with people and talk about this stuff. I mean, that's what they do for a living. Talk to your grief and loss specialist psychologist because they, I mean, this is what we do. <laughs> so where can people find you guys and how can they uh, get involved and, and contact you guys too if they maybe have questions for the show? So uh, awesomely, we have so many uh, avenues you can go to, but for the podcast, it's Let's Talk About Death. Uh, and you can find us at literally www.letstalkaboutdeathpodcast.com. We also, we also answer real questions from you, the listeners on our podcast. And you can email us and our Gmail at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions out there or thoughts, even about this, like, 
I, I didn't like what you said there, <laughs> or, uh, I, you know, I really thought of the anxiety Dr. Nick mentioned, like, feel free to leave us some, um, a question, but you can literally listen to us on anything, Spotify, Apple music. If you do Apple, Apple podcast, please like leave us a review comments, questions. All we have an Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Um, and honestly it, it it's, it's, we've really come, I mean, we're on this show. This is awesome. Like this is incredible. So, a fellow Monroean, we money, will, money row. We will rock you. Boom. <laughs> I mean, just queen, 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 queen. All That's life. right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. It was it was so much fun talking to you guys, and I knew it would be just from listening to your show and again talking with Kelly. I'm so glad we could set this up. But uh, thank you so much, and I look forward to listening to more shows with you guys in the future, and maybe even if you guys get your own TV show too. Yeah, who knows? Right? Who knows? Oh. Well, Rachel, if you're ever down for Christmas tonight, let us know. We know oh. we know of a parking <laughs> p- parking spot. We got a good use. spot. We got a spot for you. Let's put it that way. All right, all right. I'll hit you guys up for that. Thank you guys. You have a great day. Absolutely. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an episode of the off air podcast with Rachel Schneider, a show for all the things that don't make it on air. If you happen to have any suggestions of who I should talk to next, if you know somebody who is really interesting and they are making a difference or making waves in their community, I would love to get to know them. Let me know how I can get in touch with them. If it's you, let me know. 